Welcome to the Tribe of Two, the officially unofficial podcast for The Mandalorian on Disney+. Plus. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking the season three finale. It's episode eight, chapter 24, The Return. Uh, Aaron, it's the return of The Mandalorians to Mandalore. How does that feel? Feel good? You know, it's funny because like I, I didn't I didn't watch this episode when it first came out. I took a day um, and I saw the early reviews like, you know, I some of our professional colleagues and friends, podcasting friends were really like, oh, shaking their head and clucking their teeth, you know, sucking their teeth and clucking their tongues and be like, oh, man, this is uh, really kind of disappointing into a down season and hmm. Uh, talk hmm. of like hitting reset buttons and frustrations of seemingly, you know, waste of time and, and, and feckless Hollywood productions. Wow. And I, I, I'm okay. open to that idea because it's not like I, you know, like I, I'm not I'm not I've been been um, hiding my opinion that like I have a lot of contempt for most of the modern Star Wars storytelling. Sure. sure. Um, especially out in Disney Plus. So I'm like, ah, shit to bed. This should be a nice disaster. I, I watched this episode and I kept waiting for it to happen. I kept waiting for it to happen. I kept waiting for it to happen. And I'm like, nah, I actually like that finale. That's a pretty good. I mean, I have like the, the things that I don't like. I don't see anyone talking about like the thing that really sticks in my craw this season. And people at home probably can guess is they didn't do anything with the cultural and religious dissonance that the Mandalorians should be feeling mm. now. It's yeah. possible that Filoni's like uh, Fellini and uh, Favre and all those are like, well, that's there, but they had a bigger fish to fry, and we can in future seasons tell the story of maybe fracturing and or or like a continuing built of tolerance, or or we're telling the story of like how some movements can be on a knife point and 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 leadership needs to step forward, like the armor, and be like, hey, you know, the way can be bigger and broader than what we've been observing, you know, tolerance. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I think it, it just feels right now where they just are not really interested in telling that story. It's like they don't understand the implications of the 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 religious movement that the religious movement is they're aping, you know. And again, it's not about their beliefs or something. It's about particularly their excommunication and their high control of their individuals' lives. And um, so that's the only, I, honestly everything else I thought was pretty pretty great. Yeah, I mean, I didn't have any major problems with this finale. I think it's it's a perfectly good finale. Um, a lot of the comments I've seen have made me think that ma- people were kind of building up this finale into something that it was, it could have been, but was not, and therefore they didn't enjoy it. Um, like, we didn't get anybody writing a mythosaur. We didn't get anybody... Um, or we didn't have, you know, appearances of Thrawn to set up the Ahsoka stuff and, and a larger universe here and the return of the Imperials. All this stuff that, like, people were kind of expecting because they thought there were hints embedded in there. And there probably are hints embedded in there. They just don't go that far with it in this series. I feel like that is... I don't know. that That's a shame that you would be down on an episode and a finale for doing something or for something it didn't do um, as opposed to stuff that it did do. And I'm not saying like it's perfect finale, but I think this was a perfectly serviceable finale. It, it leaves us in a place where we kind of were at season one with uh, now Mando and Grogu. Uh, Cause Mando was just, you know, a bounty hunter at the beginning of that. 
and I'm sure this is going to like branch off into other places and we're going to eventually get Thrawn in here. Like the, with the way Disney's going, I half expect them to come back in season four and we're like midway through a battle with against Thrawn with Ahsoka and Mando and Grogu. Right. Like, right. I, yeah. I, I fully expect that we're going to miss a portion of the story and that we're not just going to come back with Mando and his feet kicked up. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know. People were, I think, building this up into too much, like wanting too much from this season or if not too much, then definitely specific things that they didn't get. And so there's a disappointment there. I think that tracks and I'll add a postulate to your theorem. I think and this is going to be smugly self-serving, which is the, <laughs> the, the best kind of content I know. I think <laughs> that there is an inverse correlation for how many fucking Star Wars cartoons you've watched and what you thought of this season, this finale. Because where you see a disappointing end to this grand tale of the Darksaber, Mm -hmm. I just see a MacGuffin that was destroyed and revealed for the Dumbo's feather it was. It's not the thing that Bo-Katan needed to unite her people. It's not the thing that they needed. But, like, y'all are fucking butthurt because you got 64 hours invested in this goddamn dark saber and yeah, uh, so like not knowing any of that it's the backstory it's like no nah, it doesn't bother me and there's i saw a lot of people can um even some of the 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 the, uh, the, the larger professional outfits i've seen like go into things like that like oh where did the mythosaur pay off or why did this pay off or why do we waste all that time with pershing when i'm like that mm-hmm. wasn't wasted time with pershing that's them trying to stitch together these two incomprehensible pieces of lore they're trying to bridge Mm -hmm. the old trilogy and the sequel trilogy so they can tell like so they can get to like some kind of terra firma that makes sense and they can start telling tales on it um and and i think the other thing is like people are but it's so weird it's such a weird complaint from people that i know to a moral certainty have seen all the disney plus star wars stuff which is about twice as much as i've seen because i've skipped entire seasons complaining about like and you know they just can't keep getting away with uh having the big character moments of like grogu and mando reuniting in another series and i'm like well that's something for a person who doesn't watch boba fett to complain about but what the fuck are you i mean what how is that an actual complaint um because clearly and and i don't know I, i will say that like marvel does this better it does seem that marvel has a knack for knowing Okay, this is a Captain America movie. We can have Black Panther in it and we can have Spider-Man in it and we can have but like we can't give in we can't kill Aunt May in a Captain America movie. That just wouldn't do. Sure. You know, you kill Aunt May in a Spider-Man movie, right? Because that's Mm -hmm. core to Spider-Man story and start. So I I can see calling foul about like this big emotional Grogu Mando reuniting happening in on Boba Fett's watch. And they they do need to tweak that. But like. It's like if if direct if the I I think but I think that's the problem is the 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 baseline of this material is weak enough that maybe some of these people are just now getting to where we were two years ago with this project. We're like, this is kind of mostly crap and <laughs> is not very great or imaginative storytelling. And we're that's already baked in for us. So when they do a a perfectly competent season, which I, I actually thought this finale was amazing. Like if you're a Star Wars nerd or a Star Wars little kid. This has got sure. some of the coolest shit that you've ever seen happen in it. Oh, um, for, oh for sure. Yeah. But if you're if you're still like 
uh, huffing the copium that Star Wars is still like this big culturally re- relevant force and it's like great storytelling and like all this mythic like yeah maybe this is a disappointment but like well, I said well, that- some of the so some of the problem I had with earlier seasons well seasons one and two um, is so many of those episodes were just side missions and so much of it was cotton candy that wasn't meant to add to the story mm. that really was just there as something that felt like fun but ultimately filler and this season did almost none of that and so i was much higher on this season as a whole than i was on the previous seasons that's so weird because a lot i saw a lot of people cite the like jack black episode and that's, that's world building man that that dude thing, the per- that the, is the, telling a story about the new republic uh that is more subtle and more interesting than any of the storytelling done in the first two seasons Thank you, because that's what I kept the 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 sight the sightings of wasted time and the fact that like, oh, man, Mando, it doesn't feel like it's it's his show. He's the main character. I just felt like all that rang hollow with the other material that we've seen. And I the stuff that kept consistently seeing as like this is a waste of time. that didn't go anywhere. I'm like, I don't know. I felt like it did a lot for the setting, you know? Yeah, the the setting of the galaxy there. I'm I'm. Maybe I just don't appreciate the same things. I'm not looking for the same things out of Mando that most Mando fans are. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm I always in fiction. I appreciate well told character stories um, that are influenced by what those characters are feeling, what they're thinking, and an interesting world. And I think Mando has always kind of flirted with the interesting world stuff, but the storytelling I feel was pretty lacking in in the first two seasons and here i think they've stepped up they've their world building has encompassed you know the entire season as opposed to like oh here's world building where we just visit a different planet where grogu can eat some stuff you know Mm. like Mm -hmm. now they're trying to tell stories with that world building stuff and I, i think that's a big step up for me one other complaint i saw and maybe i i can get on board with this one too is that the watch the children of the watch were more interesting the less we knew about them and the more we know about them and mandalorian culture abroad uh, uh, at large the more it seems kind of like this doesn't hang together very well as a philosophy or as a I, I, and i kind of kind of get that because like the yeah tin like there's two ways you can go with this world building you either have to go like george martin style like fucking writing encyclopedias and naming mm-hmm. like the the dessert forks that they use at the dinner table or you keep it breezy keep it moving you flash out a little crazy yeah. thing like whoa what could that possibly mean and you don't ever reference it again for a couple of, like you either have to be mysterious or you have to be meticulous mm-hmm. and i feel like the mandalorian is kind of like in a saturday morning cartoon style trying to split the difference between that and yeah may, maybe but i don't know yeah, I, they are. I i will say that like i feel like that i left this season with the mandalorian's reputation as peerless warriors intact like they're uh-huh. just awesome um I, I i do buy the fact that they probably united or are tough nut to crack so at the end of the day that mandalorian mystique that had kind of been eroded by most notably Boba Fett in everything that he's done in the <laughs> in the original trilogy hmm. and his disastrous uh, mm-hmm. uh, a solo show. 
quote unquote solo show. Um, mm-hmm. He's just been just bumbling fuck. And these Mandalorians, even the fa- the the masked one, the unmasked ones, they all uh, pull together and kick a lot of ass in this episode. Yeah, I've got a, um, some minor problems with this finale that we could talk about in the scenes they're in, but they're all okay. like pre-established ideas that maybe they're doing a disservice to um and they're minor things they're not like oh they've told this story about this world and then they totally changed it here but we'll we'll talk about it when we get there uh overall i i thought this was a pretty good finale it was certainly exciting it was certainly uh action-packed and beautiful i mean that cave scene honestly is one of the prettiest things i've seen on the Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Maybe in its entirety. I don't know. That cave scene really blew me away with all its vegetation and stuff. Yeah, it was it's really cool. Different kind of location from what you typically get in Star Wars, right? True. They mixed their cave biome and their forest biomes. Uh huh. If they now. could have had it snowing. Oh my God. Oh <laughs> light, my God. A light dusting perfect. of snow. Mm hmm. Anyway, uh, maybe we should talk about the specifics of the episode in the recap. Let's do it. We have to rid this planet of enemy sorcerers. We'll be right back. We're getting geared up for the 6th Annual Summer Badass Fest. And while we're working on a slate of apex badass films to enjoy, we've got an early action-packed announcement to make. Just like last year, we're kicking off badass season with a live movie watch and podcast recording. We've rented out a theater for connoisseurs of action films and bald move fans that just want to have a great time. Unlike last year, this year's movie is top secret. Hush, hush. No hints, except it's incredibly badass. It stars an absolute icon of the genre, We're willing to bet most of you haven't seen it, and it's going to be an incredible viewing experience with a packed house of bald movers. Those of you who came to last year's screening of Total Recall know what a party it was, and those of you who didn't, (laughs) now's your chance to experience it. Meet me and Jim, order some custom movie-themed drinks at the theater's full bar, then watch us record the full podcast for the movie. We reserved a venue over twice the size as last year, but seating is still limited. It's happening Friday, 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 June 21st at 7 p.m. in our hometown of Cincinnati. Get full details and buy tickets at baldmove.com slash live. Cincinnati's actually a pretty great city to visit, and we've got lots of details for side adventures on our event page as well. The Reds are playing the Boston Red Sox in their fantastic Riverside Stadium. The thrills of Kings Island just minutes away, and I'll be leading a kayak trip down the scenic Little Miami River on Saturday. Again, get full details and get your tickets now on our Badass Fest 6 page at baldmove.com slash live live. Beskar belongs to the Mandalorians. This podcast belongs to you. Here's more Tribe of Two. All right. The Mandos run from Moff Gideon's troops. If you recall, uh, Gideon had... Oh, I, I have a mea culpa to do here. 
I mm. totally mistook the jetpack Imperial Troopers. I don't know what to call these guys. They're just regular-ass Imperial Troopers, apparently. They're not Dark Troopers. We got the, feedback on this. I, I think the Dark Trooper is I, Moff Gideon himself. I think that's correct, but also fuck off trying to... Th- like, I don't think they made that distinction very, very well. Yeah, it's it's a little ambiguous, but I think I watched it again and I'm like, okay, I, I can see that totally being the case. And it makes I a think hell so, of a but lot I, more I, sense. I feel like he should have said, like, behold, this, the, the first of a new class of dark trooper or something. But like when he's like got his uh-huh. hands out and is like, how do you like the new dark troopers? <laughs> and it's like, okay, well, you're the only dark one. Uh-huh. But I don't know. Like <laughs> yeah. I don't want to get I don't want to get racial here, Moth Guardian. But you're the everybody else wearing aren't, aren't mask. You a, and, aren't you a little light for a dark trooper? <laughs> is um, what I'm saying to the other ones. You're right. You're right. That whoa, he wow, is the dark trooper. Uh, having a colorism debate right in the middle of a Star Wars show. Uh, I was yeah, going for Han. Yeah, I think I think that's I think that's true. But I also think the episode. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, yeah. I, I feel like I wish they, the other thing I wish is um, because these and I don't know elite stormtroopers with jetpacks that look like Mandalorians. Um, yeah, yeah. I wish they'd said something about their armor, like they're using a Beskar alloy, because their armor is shit. Their armor is mm-hmm. like maybe one HP over a standard stormtrooper's armor, and you compare that with like what a true Mandalorian armor can do. Yeah, and it's bullshit. I think they, I mean, they in this built episode, up these they guys. They kind of upgrade them a little bit too. Like when Mando's fighting them, they're they're taking some shots. It feels well, like he maybe also they is have best weaponless. Car. You know, they can stand up uh, against. They can two v one a Mandalorian for like thirty seconds before getting eviscerated if he has no weapons. But yeah, yeah. So I I don't know. I I think it makes more sense if he's talking about himself in that scene. Uh, at least that's what I would hope because otherwise the power creep is off the scale. Now he is an incredible. Like I, uh, I don't think he's anything great in terms of being a warrior, but he holds his own against the best. Uh-huh. So like that dark trooper suit is, is the cat's pajamas. Yeah, I mean he's half, uh, human, half droid in that scenario. And imagine if he had also been half Jedi. Mm. That's that's a real problem. So it's probably a good thing they destroyed triple those threat. Yeah. The other thing that happens here is Bo tells Axe to bring the troops down before they lose communications. Uh, and he's he's heading up there. Some people were nitpicking the fact that, like, how can the Mandalorians go to space with their backpacks? And I'm like, well, um, they have enough propellant. Yeah, it's all about Delta V. Like, we know that their, their masks form perfect seals as implausibly as that is. Uh, so, like, they, they can survive the vacuum in space and they have a rocket that can defy gravity. Yeah, I mean, don't think about it too hard, right? Well, plus, it's... like, I think people think that space is, like, a long ways away. And it's like, because they're like, oh, they ran out of fuel chasing this giant beast. Like, that giant beast, I could easily imagine, has a nesting site 60, 70, 80 miles away. Mm-hmm. space is just like 15 20 miles straight up yeah just boom you get there you get there mm-hmm. just just 15 20 miles it's like closer than your average supermarket in america just 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 hop on you're, you're there <laughs> like it's not hard it's not hard sure sure it seems like they've got enough thrust to get them there so why not 
Uh, Mando tries to escape the custody of two Imperials who are escorting him. He fails, but IG-12 is there to save him. And Mando tells Grogu, we have to take out Moff Gideon. And Grogu's in. Uh, I like this fight. I think it's, uh, you know, disarmed Mando is kind of fun to watch. He cannot be stopped by l- blaster fire or literal fire. The uh, flamethrowers just, I, yeah, the the the, the best the the Mando's armor is fifty percent Beskar, fifty percent is Bestos, uh, <laughs> because not even his cape burns. Like that's the crazy uh, thing. Uh, yeah, I mean he's wearing a you know a, a cloth bodysuit or whatever here, and it doesn't burn. His cape doesn't burn. Right. Right. Yeah, uh, like I think I said, the choreography here is really good, though. Like all those flamethrower, you know, shots. He stays in them for like a second or maybe two, but then he's rolling down on the ground and tripping yeah. these guys and yeah. aiming their weapons elsewhere. It's it's really good choreography and it's brutal. He's like snapping necks mm-hmm. and like when he gets a hold of a uh, uh, a dagger in the later shield fight, uh, he's like just going at these guys major arteries like boom in the inner thigh, boom in their armpit and it's like you can't see it in their stormtroopers but like this right. shit would be rated R if they weren't wearing armor. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I really love all the fat roll stuff he's doing like the <laughs> you know, Bloodborne <laughs> stuff. Yeah, fat rolling. He's got yeah. way he's way over his uh, carrying capacity. <laughs> totally. Fat That's rolling. Uh, uh what uh, is Guru spraying on him here? Is it water? Is it I think it's like some kind of fire it? retardant, which is funny cuz oh, clearly okay. his, his 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 costume's pre-soaked in it. You're you're good. But I, uh-huh. it's just cute, especially when, you know, he's getting all choked up and it looks like the, the troopers finally got a uh, 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 the upper hand on him and just you know you see this giant metal claw grab the stormtrooper's hand and it's like no no no, mm-hmm. no. it's just every time <laughs> Grogu does the the voice yes or no it's it's pretty funny or touching sure yeah it's um, good yeah and they're like you're gonna we're gonna take a stand against mm-hmm. Moff Gideon we're gonna confront him once and his we're gonna confront him in his unknowable amount of clone tanks Mm-hmm. Once and for all, and we'll who never, knows? never will see him again. Of course, of course. A man who has clone tanks uh, as backups for himself doesn't have cloud backups of those clone tanks. He's just nah. got them all local. No offsite backups. No, Mm-mm. no. He's no. a. Uh, if anything, we know he's a rash man who doesn't make plans. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. I was good. That was going to be one of my big questions at the end. Is Moff Gideon actually dead? But with cloning scenarios, yes, the answer is almost mark. no. It's like, yeah, I mean, it's it's and I, I, a lot of this comic book shit, a lot of Star Wars stuff is kind of like Westworldian in the like, is anyone ever really gone? Right. But again, they resurrected Palpatine's mm-hmm. ass that got thrown down a whole Death Star reactor shaft and exploded in dark energy. Mm-hmm. But, you know. <laughs> anyway but also we found the old she fucks so maybe they had all kinds of genetic samples of him like every co- half the cocktail dresses and coruscants got oh, a God. viable dna sample he's yeah that's the other thing we found out about the the old she palpatine get he, he gets around apparently uh samando tells bo they're going after gideon bo says i'm gonna get my people out of there and they fly to the surface and then fighters and bombers are launched from gideon's facility up toward the Mandos in orbit. 
Oh, I also want to say that like I um it's it's I just watched a, a particularly good episode of Airwolf. I do this whole um, hmm. other side podcast project called Why Is Mr. Feeney a Car? While, where I watch a bunch of 80s action TV shows with a, a millennial buddy of mine. And one of the things I really admired about the episode is how malleable the Airwolf theme, theme is. Like its baseline is the synthesis. Dun, 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 dun. But they also can like sub that synth out for like genuine horns or strings to and, you know, play mm. major minor versions of it and like um, upbeat triumphant ones. The Mandalorian theme is a lot like this, because when we oh, go yeah. into credits after he's like, we're going to have to be brave and kick this kick this moth's ass in, kid. And it goes to the return like it, they hit you with like a really fucking impressive version of the Mandalorian theme. It's like it's 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 a oh, Mandalorian yeah. theme that's ready to march out of the credits and kick some ass. Yeah, I think the best thing to come out of Mandalorian is the music. It really is good. It's uh-huh. like one of the first things since Duel of the Fates that I feel like has advanced the state yep. of the art of Star Wars musical themes. Indeed. Yeah, it's got a different flavor to it than mm-hmm. typical Star Wars music, it's, it's, but it's suits- also similarly triumphant and can be romantic in some ways it's yeah it's very versatile yeah it's uh it, it's it's great uh gideon sees mando has escaped and suits up to take care of him um <laughs> i love how he's tracking the mandalorian and grogu through his vast palace and grogu and the mandalorian are represented by a big red dot and a smaller green dot mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I just really Who's like that who? attention to detail. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, then Mando asks R5 to help him locate Gideon's command center. And as he sneaks through the facility, R5 flies into uh, the facility, jacks into the computer, and sends the command center's location to Mando. And they head for it. I have a question. As a yeah. fellow long-term Star Wars fan who hasn't watched the, the cartoons... Have they ever referred to this these computer links as scomps before or use scomp as a verb? Maybe not in like the mainline movies or anything, certainly. But like, I, I wonder if it was written like an SCOM link and the guy mm-hmm. just read it as scomp link. And because like I, I, I may, or this could be like really deep lore that I'm not familiar with, but uh yeah, I, I, I mean, was, that's I was, what I would naturally do. If I see SCOM, I'm not going to say SCOM every time. I'm probably going right. to say SCOM. Yeah, you're going to, it's like SQL. You know, eventually you're going to get the mm-hmm. sequel. Sequel. Uh, I, I I thought that was pretty cool. If this is the first instance of scomping, using it as a verb, well done. Mm-hmm. I like it. Uh, I don't know that a droid vehicle in this case a droid can walk silently like if you're trying to sneak around this facility and mando's tiptoeing what's the point when you got ig12 clomping around clonk yeah scomping around back there Uh uh-huh oh maybe maybe that's right maybe scomp is uh how a droid scamps it's halfway between (laughs) a scamp and a stomp i need you to scomp into the base and tell me where the thing yeah yeah because they can't tread lightly Mm -mm. they just scomp around everywhere uh, and then Axe, is, he's still flying up to the fleet. He warns him that the fighters are coming, says, go to the surface, leave the capital ship behind as a decoy. And uh, he gets to the ship. He takes control of it. Everybody else takes landers down. And then the Ties attack his ship. Uh, this is really cool. I, I like this stuff a lot. There's just the visuals of it, you know? Yeah, like they're... 
Oh, I mean, it, it does look great. These hives coming out of the clouds, the, the storm, um, and then just like doing bombing runs on the surface of this capital ship. Super cool. Yeah, the idea that like the planet is what's important. This is our home and we're taking a final stand. It's kind of like burn the boats when you, you get there mm-hmm. uh, on, on, a, on a settlement to, to commit to everybody. But like, yeah, just sacrifice a capital ship and we'll just bet the farm on uh, on, on winning the land war. And then the way the Axe uses the capital ship to kind of like put an exclamation point on the victory, I thought was really cool, too. Yeah, when I realized what he was going to do with that ship, I was like, OK, that's cool. Um, the, the thing is they didn't do in my mind, a great job of setting up the aerial battle as hopeless. What I wanted to see is dozens and dozens of ties that would overwhelm, you know, Mm -hmm. the, the maybe dozen or so of the, whatever Mando ship that Bo was piloting. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, if, if it looked like it was overwhelming odds, I would have been more like, okay, abandon the air battle and just go. Like use capital ship as decoy, but they only show like twelve ish mm-hmm. ties. Half of those are bombers. They're not going to be as yeah. maneuverable. Like, and based on what I saw on Navarro when Mando and Bo were fighting the pirates and stuff, I think they could probably take them. Hmm. I don't know why they have to abandon the sky so quickly. Yeah, but whatever. Uh, maybe the idea is like the real goal is is here that's the the thing is like that would tie up a a number of mandalorians above and Mm -hmm. then they might lose the ground for which is again the whole point um sure and i guess it's like it's when they say fleet they mean one strike cruiser which is a pretty small capital ship and a whole bunch of essentially uh blackhawks or chinooks you know yeah like it's it's eh, so it's like it's not like we need to save the fleet because if we win the battle of mandalore we have to defend mandalore it's like you got yeah, you got like a light carrier at best with a, a couple mm-hmm. of uh, you know APCs. It's 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 good. It's good. It's it's fine for private army, but it's it's you, you got to win the planet. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Mando coordinates with R five to get through a hallway full of Imperial troops. Uh, Malstroid spots R five and sets off an alarm. Mando clears the hallway and then R five takes off. Um. And he enters the clone room, which is full of Gideon clones, and he destroys them all. Uh, <laughs> I I thought the shield fight was pretty incredible. It's it was savage. Uh, it was like Mandalorian, the Mandalorian weaponless taking down these guys as fast as possible with just you know knives and blunt instruments. Well, I love uh, the way he upgrades his weapons as he gets. He's like progressing through, right. Uh, some kind of like weapon upgrade tree or yeah. something. <laughs> yeah, he's Bare got a knife to knife. start. He then gets like uh, some kind of electro stick thing. Uh-huh. Then he gets a blaster uh, finally and a shield. Right shield. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really cool. I I thought that the R five being menaced by these mouse droids is pretty funny too. I like droid humor. Sure, sure. These mouse droids are silly fun. They're uh, wired with like <laughs> cop lights. Uh, I think it's like it's light danger because of course he's an astromech droid he can just turn on his jets and leave just just bone out so yeah and the mouse droids don't have any weapons or anything they're not gonna harm him the worst they can do is call in the reinforcements which it's surprising to me that that's not what these troopers do in this hallway like if they see their buddies getting killed 
calling the reinforcements to flank Mando here, right? They're all like, open the door. I can't. We'll call some people. Oh, see, I thought the whole idea was R5 was shutting that shit down. Like they couldn't open, they couldn't do a comm or open the shield doors because R5 had locked it down. I mean, if you've got a droid, astromech droid fucking hacking your computer... Maybe. Mm. I mean, they're just pushing a button. To me, at the that's end of the like day. saying you couldn't use a walkie-talkie because a droid was messing with your PC or something. Well, I mean, that the wisdom of the Imperials wiring all of their military hardware through sockets that are in unsecured locations that any droid can get into. Uh-huh. Then, I mean, yeah, but that's pretty been that's been baked into the series for a long time. Oh yeah, since the first movie. Yeah. Because um, like maybe you could buy that he could override a garbage disposer. But he can just open uh-huh. up cells in a secure detention facility on the Death Star from the really? hangar? The fuck? Yeah, no, no. Yeah, probably could have blown up the station, just caused the reactor to go critical and just take out the whole thing. Yeah, this if Luke had thought to ask, R2 mm-hmm. could have done it, but he's not gonna he's not gonna volunteer. <laughs> okay, another another nitpick here. Why is Mando desperately calling for R5 to open the final shield when he has not dispatched the the troop that he's dealing with in the current shield. Chamber. I was wondering that too. I and was he's like, calling it like it's time sensitive. Like if you don't open this fucking shield, I'm going to get killed. He's setting him up for a sick combo. He keeps on like Apparently. dodging. He's like, I'm going to go flying knee. It's going to knock into this guy. It's going to tend him. Ah, oh, fuck. He's moved out of position. All right. I'm going to roll between his legs. I'm going to grab him by his dick. I'm going to throw him into the other guy. Ah, shit. He's rolled out of position. And he's just like, like he's got to get that door open. His combos are closing. I guess so. I guess so. Uh, was, but no, it weird. is. Yeah, he's like, oh, well, you want 2v1? taking fire. Yeah, you want to go 3v1 just for shits and grins? Yep, apparently. Uh, but it was a cool scene. I mean, obviously, it's very evocative of the Duel of the Fates portion of uh, well, episode one. And they're also showing a lot of simpatico. I noticed them showing a lot of simpatico stuff between the the Mando and Bo Katan. Like he picks up double guns and goes guns akimbo, which is kind of her signature style. Hmm. Okay. Um. Yeah. And I thought that was kind of like uh that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um. They're showing like flash, and then they of course come together like mommy and daddy to protect their son, who ends up protecting theirs at the end. There's a lot of things <laughs> uh-huh. linking Bo and Mando together. Which if you're a Bo Mando shipper, like I might be. Uh, I like that. I like that. Yeah, that's good. All right. Speaking of Bo, her group takes refuge in some surface caves, which contain indigenous plants that were farmed by the surviving Mandos over the years. Uh, the other Mandos reach the surface, and Bo's group goes out to meet them, and they all fly down to Gideon's facility, start fighting with a bunch of Imperial jet pack troopers. Uh, this is the super pretty location I was talking about before. Uh, they're, they're, so, so one of the other things I think this season has done super well is, and maybe this is done in other places in the Star Wars canon, but for me, having not seen those, it's really painting a solid picture of Mandalore, like the history of Mandalore, what happened there, how people survived both during and after with either running mm-hmm. or, or staying and hiding and like how it could potentially come back from that. I did think that some of this eco- uh, ecology, I wasn't sure about when mm-hmm. the guys like, he's like, how are these things growing? He's like, these are the indigenous plants of Mandalore. They've been long dormant. They came back and I'm like, okay, 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 okay. 
Okay. So you have a whole bunch of invasive imperial species that choked out the life of Mandalore. But what allowed the Mandalorian plants to thrive is their planet being glassed and turned into a toxic radioactive war-torn like mm-hmm. what the fuck? That's not how that's not how indigenous species work. It's like, you know, you know how we yeah. can save the indigenous species of of Hawaii? They're all under constant threat from invasive species of May. We should just napalm all the islands. I mean, we isn't just literally that what Hawaii is actively doing all the time to itself. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't know. I don't know. Volcano's going to volcano. But like, yeah, we should uh-huh. yeah, we should help it along. It's taking far Hawaii is taking far too long defending itself. It's just napalm all the islands, and then yeah. that will be the ideal environment for the for the indigenous species to to retake. But mm-hmm. I don't know. It's an it's it is it, it's a little bit like, you know, um like when the pandemic happened and everybody people were on lockdown, reduced travel, like uh species that you have never seen like yeah. in certain areas come back because it's like there's a little bit of like oh if you give them room they can they can flourish but yeah it's like irobot or yeah not, not irobot uh will smith uh uh ali not vice not bicentennial man uh independence day <laughs> no <laughs> yeah it's like ali where he starts a garden in his subterranean caves mm-hmm. uh i am uh, legend yes thank you okay. i am legend you're going to see deers walking down the street. You're going to see uh, vampire Giant monsters. I don't Godzilla's know. bursting out of mountains that have been just chilling there. So mm-hmm. got woke up by a light and bombardment. Omega Man is the version I was trying to think of. Uh. Uh, and then Mando enters another chamber, gets trapped inside. Uh, Gideon shows up, tells Mando that he sucks for destroying his force tuned clones. Mando fights Gideon with the Praetorian guards ganging up on him just for fun. And then Grogu shows up and draws those Praetorians away to even the odds bit. Mr. Esposito seems to be having fun, doesn't he? Oh, yeah. Like, like this is kind of like oddly pissy uh, entrance where he's like, God mm-hmm. damn it. I had my perfect clones. And you killed him, man. It's like it's uh, is, is that, that kind of like the tone of it. It was pretty funny. Yeah, he gets uh, to show unrestrained emotion, which is not something they often let true. Gustavo Fring do. That's what it is. It's just like uh, I'm used to his baseline being so turned down that like when he's like in a fit of peak, it seems like he's throwing a bit of a tantrum. Right, right. Uh, and boy, like- howdy, does he just kick Mando's ass and then the Praetorian mm-hmm. Guard tag in. And just when they get him in the Paz Vizla patented grip of, of Smulty Spear Doom... Grogu comes in with the no spamming the no button <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and I thought he was just going to like fully embody the force. I thought he's going to go full, you right. know, like just start throwing things around. But no, he's still kind of fragile. Like he distracts the Praetorian guard and they chase him and start trying to hurt him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like it better this way. Uh, it doesn't feel like it artificially prolongs the fight. It feels like maybe the odds were overwhelming. And so separating them makes sense. Yeah, and it's also like just when I'm like, wow, this is a lot of menace to put on a baby. Like when the door closes and like Mando is like anguished because he can't get there in time, mm-hmm. and like a blast door is now between him and his son and three Praetorian guards, which handed the toughest Mandalorian we've seen's ass last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, they cut to a scene of Grogu essentially having fun, like he's giggling, oh, yeah. he's laughing at the Praetorian guard as he's force jumping in the ceilings and all that kind of stuff. So it's yep. like not too much danger. 
<laughs> no, there's a little bit of fun to be had. You gotta, you gotta make sure that sure the baby could die at any time, but he's having a good time. He's having the best time in this mortal danger. Here's a question I have. So they show Mando with the jetpack of an Imperial trooper. He's wearing it in this. Scene. Yeah, it looks so weird on him because it it's all does. White. It looks like they forgot to render it. Right, right. This is a previs jetpack <laughs> yeah. that they've got Texture. to complete. Uh, but then he never uses it over the course of this fight or this entire episode. Oh, so what's the right. point of sticking that on his back? Does he not do a jet-assisted knee kick at all? I thought maybe there was one time. It. Maybe. Where, maybe. like, he just has to have it to fight like a Mandalorian? I suppose. I mean, it's it's a good addition. I like the idea of mm-hmm. sticking one of these Imperial Trooper jetpacks on him, but have him use it if you're going to have yeah. him put it on. No, I you're right. I, I, I just assumed that there was something, but I'm mentally replaying it, and I couldn't swear that he did. Yeah. So... I can't swear that he doesn't use it for a kick, but honestly, I thought maybe or like when he's trying essential. to leap to get the Grogu before they hit him with the cable. Um, uh-huh. Maybe he was trying to. But um, uh, there's yeah. some a lot more midair jetpack fighting with Bo and her group. This is this is super cool. Yeah, I, I want to say that like I thought all of the Mandalorians, like that line um, in the scene previous where the armor. You know, it's kind of like an on your left moment from Endgame where it's like, uh, Bo-Katan, your reinforcements have arrived. And then like the jump doors open and just like clouds of Mandalorians come out and like uh-huh. uh, the armor jumps in after her and Bo-Katan's at the lead and she draws a dark saber and like does the charge moment. It's yeah, just it's like cool. It's I'm... really fucking cool. Yeah. And then, like a wave of these not so dark troopers respond to them and they're meeting them and, and Bo-Katan's to slice them in midair. And I love the lot- first person stuff that they do with this midair fight. Uh, it makes th- th- there's a huge sense of kineticism and yes. like speed and, and and just like frenetic nature to this fighting with so many troops in the air with like all this momentum. And then it, it feels like everything is under control but just barely and it's like you a unique uniquely mandalorian way to fight and yes. like as good as these not so dark troopers armor and training probably is they just can't compete and there's like you said uh, that first person stuff is cool there's one shot where like bow is charging and she like slices a guy and then from our perspective she like looks down between her legs and like fires off a rocket and blows some other fucker uh-huh. up. And it reminded me a lot of like the, how I always visualized those uh, Ender Game scenes where it's like there uh-huh. is no up or down. It's just 360 multi-vector combat coming fast and furious. And it is it's really cool and a lot of inventive and brutal. Like they're just like dismembering mm-hmm. guys and like throwing them off ledges and blowing them up. But it's undeniably cool. Yeah. So one time the Mandos didn't forget that they have jetpacks on. Right. During a battle. Uh, but, you know, there's not a ton to say about that stuff. It's just kind of fighting in the meantime. Uh, and IG-12 is rapidly dismembered by Praetorians, but Grogu proves hard to catch. This is the scene where he's flipping around in the lighting fixtures and all that stuff. Uh, then Mando continues getting his ass kicked by Gideon. And Bo jets down to the fight and tells Mando to go save Grogu. She'll take over from here. And Bo and Gideon fight with their energy weapons. Yeah. Aaron, let me ask you this. Do you remember, think way back to 
the 70s, the late 90s? Do you remember when lightsabers used to be special? <laughs> when, when they were a weapon that you couldn't block? Yeah. You couldn't stop a Jedi from coming through your blast doors because right. they would just burn a hole. And they were the only ones who had them. Mm-hmm. And and they felt like this is the this is some next level weaponry. Now, literally every bad guy has either armor that can block lightsabers, a weapon that can block lightsabers, a weapon that functions exactly like a lightsaber but looks different. There is nothing special about a lightsaber anymore. Yeah. It kind of bums me out. Yeah, down to like uh, like a just a stormtrooper has like a baton, mm-hmm. you know, like you're, a, you're a, a rank and file, trooper. like a because yeah, like Moff Gideon, like if it was just Moff Gideon, like okay, he's got a fucking pure Beskar suit of armor, uh, he's he's implemented all this Mandalorian technology into it, like sure, he's got something that could break. And Praetorian Guard, it makes sense that like the guy who murdered the Jedi would have some weapons capable of stopping a Jedi, or else what's the point? But yes, yeah, like, yeah, it's their victim of their own success, I guess, you know? Yeah, yeah, I just, mm. because like if if a Jedi, if if every time a Jedi shows up, it's the other guy's ass, which it should be, unless you're going against a dark Jedi or, I don't know, a whole fucking battalion of the Emperor's best troops, then it's like every fight is pretty boring. The Jedi comes and it's like, it's time Mm -hmm. to close up shop, so... But, but yeah. this is supposed to be after the Jedi have been basically wiped out. I don't know why everybody's still concerned about having these Jedi fighting weapons. Yeah, but Luke's got a whole like, school. He's training them up again. So, like, it makes sense yeah, the Empire would yeah. want to have that technology. But, yeah, everybody having it. I just wish that they hadn't done this power creep thing where everybody yeah. now has super weapons in their hands. I It always felt special to me when a Jedi showed up because not just their powers, what they could do with that, but their weapon. Mm-hmm. The way Kenobi talked about it, it was so rare um, and it was so like powerful and and there was a connection there to your weapon. And now like everybody's got them, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So Mando and Grogu take out the Praetorian guards together. Uh, It's a cute little tag team scene. I enjoyed. You did good, kid. Yeah. Using his force powers. It was funny because uh, it's largely just playing keep away. Like every time the Praetorian uh-huh. guard would try to go for their magic lightsaber counter weapon, he would just like push it, force push it away. Yeah, it's <laughs> or great. force trip him. Uh, then Axe's capital ship crashes to the planet. Guiding, he's guiding it in. He's going to take out Gideon's base with it, and he tells everyone to get the hell out. Uh, but Gideon and Bo are too busy fighting to get the hell out. Um, Gideon destroys the dark saber and probably Bo's saber hand along with it. Mm. He's about to defeat her until Mando and Grogu show up to get her back. Yeah, like I said, I, I saw a lot of people talking about how they there was a visceral dislike at the dark saber being disposed of in this manner. But like, I thought it was a great point that you know Gideon's like you Mandalorians are are weak once you lose your trinkets. Like you know they're. They are. They're like dependent on this. Ele- this is Dumbo's elephant. They don't believe in themselves. The, the the Mandalorians themselves together are not enough. And Bo Katan retorting that Mandos are actually stronger when we're together. We don't need the trinkets. And then them combining forces to kick his ass. I thought was like, I mean, what the hell else are you going to do with the dark saber? 
Oh, whoever holds it gets a real Mandalore. <laughs> We're going to do this Arthurian bullshit. Like, no, uh, this is like probably the best thing that could happen to the to the dark saber. Yeah, I mean, I I take exception to what he says about the Mandalorians being weak without their trinkets, because so is he. I mean, look at season two, the ending of season two, when he was pathetic without his dark troopers. And what's he sitting in right now? He's sitting in a full suit of armor. We'll take it off and let's see how tough you are. True. Uh, He's literally Bruce Wayne telling Iron Man he's got he's nothing (laughs) without his fancy toys. Like, okay, sure, buddy. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, whatever. This guy talks a bunch of smack. He can't back it, any of it up because he gets killed in this episode. Yes. Uh, I, I, th- so the problem I have with the Darksaber being destroyed is how it's destroyed, I guess. Um, you can just crush this Beskar weapon with is your... It made it, is it got suit? a Beskar hilt? Yeah. Yeah, the Darksaber has a Beskar hilt. Can a Beskar gauntlet with Beskar servo motors crush a Beskar <laughs> lightsaber hilt. Sure. Sure. I, I guess I don't have a problem with that. It it does it. It at least has to do irreparable damage to her hand, right? Oh, I I do think through you, her hand. You understand that her? Yeah, I understood that her hand was probably broken. Like I, I would think it would come off. I think the fingers would just like pop off. It just pop like a like a packet of ketchup. Yes, yeah. Like well, you step, stomp on a packet. Like you scomp onto a packet of ketchup. See, she was from an obscure Mandalorian tribe that practiced the uh, ancient technique of uh, Baskar ossification. So when she was a teenager, all of the bones hmm. of her gun hand were replaced with Beskar. So you see. She, she's- if you watched 17 hours of cartoons, Jim, you would understand that your question's oh, really stupid. Damn. I'm yeah. just stupid, I guess. Yeah, he when just... she drinks mythosaur milk, that's how her bones get so strong. <laughs> well, he's just gonna watch the cartoons. You'll you'll learn something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, uh, Axe crashes the capital ship into the base, and he abandons ship. And Gideon continues to fight Bo, Mando, oh, did you and Grogu. I actually was kind of like, damn, how do I feel about Axe? Like, this is, like, Mando's getting kind of, like, body count heavy. Like, they killed off Paz. Like, Axe, kind of, like, the his 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 opposite side number. Uh, he's going to do his heroic sacrifice. And then, like, oh, of course, nope. he's got a jetpack. He's just going to shoot out a window and jump out. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Makes sense. Uh, he was just staying on there long enough to aim it. Yeah. Write it down. hmm This is the ad break. We will return. I have spoken. This podcast is in your care. Welcome back to Tribe of Two. Uh, so Gideon continues to fight Bo, Mando, and Grogu as the explosion from the crash engulfs everything and everyone. And they would have been killed, but Grogu uses the force to shield them. And Gideon is engulfed in flame. I thought I was kind of moved by this. First of all, it's uh-huh. an insane visual. The backdrop of this strike cruiser... Yes. falling in you can just see it falling 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 into the canyon and you know it's like well it's going to hit the bottom eventually and, uh-huh. and i love the way when it gets to the entrance of that cavern it hits the rock and the rock just moves out of the fucking way right yeah. like yeah there, there's nothing stopping this thing this, from is, going this down. is a giant fucking duranium arrowhead coming into uh-huh. the heart oh, oh, open wound of the planet 
and uh, Grogu and uh, 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 Bo and Mando all kind of team up. Um, and I I just like how the Mandalorian and Bo Katana like it's so pathetic, right? Bo with her little shield. They mm-hmm. see this wall of flame coming, <laughs> and they're instinctively trying to protect the baby, right? Sure. And sure. I saw. I'm like, if they're trying to perpetrate, like, this is going to do anything. Mm-hmm. And of course, Moff Gideon just Beskar armor at all evaporates, right? Yeah, he's and gone. They cut to the center of it, and Grogu is going full on Groot, uh, hold the self sacrifice, and he's just yeah, just just keeping this wall of force protecting his mom and his dad and i i thought that was that was really cute it was uh fuck yeah i i was cheering for him he, he apparently like really leveled up with luke right we haven't seen him use his powers uh in a very evident or very strong way yeah and this is kind of the first time we see it and then you know he kind of drops down he's not yeah, he's he not going immediately to sleep anymore yeah. um which yeah, shows the power the power level he's got and yeah. uh yeah, no, I, I I really like that. And it's like uh, maybe some people would be like that. Don't believe that he could stop a ball of nuclear fire that strong. But it's like that's the thing about the force. It's it's magic. Mm-hmm. It's an inexhaustible source of power for those who can channel it. And this is baby Yoda. Uh-huh. I believe to save his par- parental figures, he can do whatever he needs to do. Yes, I, I believe it, too. I think Luke learned some lessons from Yoda about, you know, judging things size or people or whatever by their size. Matters not. You can you can lift an X-Wing out of a swamp with just your mind if you just believe it enough. Uh, and he probably passed that on to Grogu. So I like it. I like yeah. it a lot. It's a great visual uh great again the music is like at a fucking max swell um mm-hmm. I, I thought this was a pretty goddamn good finale but because this is this is a pretty much the end everything else is an epilogue you're right um so let's get to that the mandalorians perform a ceremony at the waters of the minds of mandalore to make paz's son uh ragnar a true mandalorian and mando wants to do the same with grogu but he can't speak so he can't take the creed but he can become a Mandalorian apprentice if his parents say so. But but what if his parents signed a permission slip? Mm-hmm. This is the way. <laughs> Crossing uh, so, our T's and dotting our I's is the Mandalorian way. So at this point, I thought, oh, well, the next season is going to be them searching for Grogu's parents, right? Oh, like, really? Can we go find them to get permission? Nope, nope. Mando adopts Grogu and becomes... He becomes Din Grogu. Yeah, Just Din's the last name. Mm-hmm. Does that mean that Bo is the last name and Paz Dude, was the last okay. name? That the the we got Boba and Django Fett. Uh huh. So like, I don't know. But the thing is, is like, uh, the Mandalorian culture seems to be kind of like. Not so much about genetics and geography, but more about mm-hmm. like uh, a, a and culture creed. and a creed. Mm-hmm. Um, and and there, I, so I, I think that maybe there's room for other cultural traditions in terms of naming. That's the only thing that makes sense to me because the, the the canonical mm-hmm. one, Boba Fett, Dad Jango Fett, certainly doesn't yeah. follow that. But uh, I don't know, Grogu Jaren. 
And I never liked the idea Kirby of Charmin's that's why I always it. keep calling him Mando because I've I've seen I've heard recaps where they refer to him as Din Din Din. Now that just that seems stupid. Mm-hmm. Din well, goes here, Din now. goes there. No one that it's his surname. Right, Mister Din. He's Mister Din to you. <laughs> Jaren's actually a much better. I might start calling Mr. him Mister Din's his dad. <laughs> please, Jaren. please, Mister Din is. I uh, just call yeah. me Jaren. <laughs> Jar Jar. That's what my friends call me. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> so Say I, what? There's another jar. What? I had a stupid. I had an equally naive thought that oh, there's going to have to be more character development. Like he can't take the creed unless he can speak. This is right. and actually this this actually makes a lot of sense. Like you know they don't practice infant baptism because what the fuck does that mean, right? You know. Um, well, some religions do. Well, I'm, I'm saying I'm just saying like I I I, I you oh, know I was specifically uh, the Mandos. Yeah. yeah, I was raised in a culture that didn't do uh, infant baptism. Of course, it always mm-hmm. made sense to me. Like why would you why would sure. you get baptized if you if you don't even know what you're dedicating yourself to? So they're doing that, and I'm like, oh, that's interesting. So we're, you know, we had a little hints that there's some vocalizations going on with Grogu, and in a season or two, he'll be speaking, and then that won't that be a moment when he finally takes the creed and puts on the helmet, mm-hmm. or rejects rejects his father's tradition. Like that'll be interesting too. I, I don't know. Is it maybe it's a little disappointing that they're just like, oh, well, you're just his dad, so sign a permission sh- permission permission slip, and oh, well, don't worry about the helmet either. Yeah, I mean, it is getting pretty far afield from what the Mandos have been up to now. But they're all of this multi. They're now like all united. Some of them are not wearing yeah. masks. Some of the armor and Bo-Katan reuniting the forge. She's not masked. He wait. She was not masked. She right. is masked. So like they are again. None of that stuff matters in this moment. And that might even be that actually might even be realistic and that sides that might mm-hmm. hate each other would join together against a common external threat and and if in future seasons they develop this they're like there is an uneasy peace after mandalore and there are you know religious extremists and there are you know uh, other mandalorians that are not respecting the old cultures and provoking things like that would be kind of cool but i think that they're just going to like nope nope it's just everything's settled yeah, I, I like the idea of this um, synthesis of the the belief systems here into one, but I don't necessarily like the way they've told that story. There has not been a conversation about it right. so much as it has just been a necessity for the situation. And I think that's something we could use today, like people with strong personal cultural differences that are ultimately yes. like meaningless. Like if you want to wear a particular piece of religious clothing, if you want to cover your hair, if you mm-hmm. want to, and there's like, it's not even just a fit, like, you know, um, oh God, what is that sect that is the, the Sikhs? Like the, it's, it's mm-hmm. the masculine that, that, uh, bra- you know, elaborately braids and hides their hair as, as their glory from the world. Right. So it's like, hmm. that's, I, I don't have any problem with that. But like, when you have people that are like, no, you have to do this to be holy. No, you have to do this. And they're mutually contradiction, contradictory. That has, that tension has to be resolved. Sure. Like there needs to be Mandalorians having a conversation about like, well, it's a personal choice and it's between you and Mandalore and the Mythosaur smiles on us. I don't know, but they, they, I would like to see them do that because I think that would be a good example for kids today to like, you can have strongly, you can, you can hold strongly, strong convictions and personal beliefs that you draw strength from and your friends and other members of your family community don't, and they can have equally valid strengths and i don't i guess you know modeling that kind of like multicultural i think would be cool for a show like this um and i think it's a missed opportunity if they don't lean into that 
I'm with you. I'm just wondering if maybe they think they've already done it. Uh, well, that's with, then that's you know, the worst the timeline because they're just wrong. Right. They're stupid. Right. They're right. stupid. Like this would not solve even a school grade dispute over religion. <laughs> sure. Like a playground dispute over religion, let alone something that's caused a planet to be ripped in half before. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's yeah, we'll that would be that'd be a huge disappointment. I would I would count that as a missed opportunity. For sure. Um. Yeah. They they make the the sun thing official. I mean, it always felt like semi official to me. Yeah, you multiple know? people talk about him being his boy and, uh-huh. oh, you need to listen to your dad. And like, so, yeah, this is just putting an official. But only official in the minds of the Mandalorians, right? <laughs> like, this doesn't hold up in the New Republic legally. Because yeah. <laughs> there's not actually permission slip and there's no there's no documentation uh-huh. happening here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, <laughs> Grogu can't give consent for this. True. What if Grogu doesn't want it to be his dad? You know, I want to go find my parents. I, he just de-atomized him with the force. I like I it's uh, it's funny because like, yeah, like this is the one baby in the world that probably has full agency because like, what the fuck are you going to do to make Grogu do something he doesn't want? Right. He just resisted the the force of a son mm-hmm. like S.U.N., you know, like, yeah, uh-huh. no, like he's he, he can he can make his consent be heard. If you, if you touch him in a way he doesn't like, he'll just rip you in half. OK, fair. Uh, then Bo gets the honor of relighting the Great Forge. It's a big moment for her. Oh, yeah. The Mandos go crazy for it. They're all banging their wrists and they're shouting and masked and, ma- mm-hmm. and unmasked alike. It, this forge isn't as big as I was expecting. It, it's still uh, here's the thing about the Great Forge. It still has to be usable size. You can't have it be, you know, half a mile across. That wouldn't mm. make much sense. When she said hundreds of armors, I was thinking a much bigger forge instead of three relatively big forges. Cause I was counting. Yeah. I'm like the jets of flame. I assume are like each individual side jet is something an armor could use to, to, to forge yeah. the steel. So like maybe you could get hundreds around, but like, I, I, I kind of agree. You could probably get dozens around and then, you know, some of them will be yeah using heat while some of them are banging away with a hammer to shape yeah. it. And, I thought yeah, I, yeah, I thought the Great Forge would be like a hundred times bigger than uh-huh. the than the Armorer's Forge, and it's like ten times bigger divided by three. Or yeah, yeah, it's like it's like a th- three times bigger, but there are several of them. It's the pretty good Forge of Mandalore. I don't know about great. <laughs> I don't know. It's all right. It's a decent. It's decent. It's decent size. And then we go. No one would say of... it's small. No, of course not. No, no. Uh, first thing dad does with his new son is take him to a bar on Navarro. Uh, he's thanked not just by... any bar, a rough border town <laughs> bar where they got heads of their vanquished enemies displayed over the the bar. <laughs> yep. Uh, he's thanked by Carson Tiva for taking out Gideon, and Mando offers to do some uh work some bounties for the New Republic on a case by case basis. Grogu spots an IG droid head and Mando takes it as advanced payment on that bounty work. Um, yeah. He's uh-huh. he is the Kara Dune, I guess. He I is what IG they were 11. probably gonna make her. I think IG eleven is actually the Kara Dune. I think I think okay. she I I I always thought that yeah. the new Republic Marshal was gonna be Navarro and kind of like that t- type of deal. But uh-huh. uh I suppose so. And then we go over to. <laughs> well, I want. Oh, I want to say that like this is a smart setup because being off the books, obviously the New Republic's going to be doing some dirty, despicable shit. 
uh-huh. like doing a case by case, you know, off the books, independent contractors, a good way to keep Mando's hands clean while mm-hmm. he can still plausibly work with the quote unquote good guys of the setting. Yeah, I don't mind it. It does kind of rewind back to where we were at the beginning of season one. Except and I think that's good. There's been so much development. Like Grogu's now like oh, a quasi Jedi. Yeah. He's also inducted in the ways of the Mandalore. Like they fully embraced her. Like there's been a lot. That's what's frustrating when people when I saw this, they hit the reset button. No, no, no. I'm not trying to say that. Okay. But tons I, I, of stuff has happened. It's it's now we're in a scenario where the plot is not moving forward because of something that Mando and Grogu have to do. It's going to the plot's going to come to them. Yes. Right. And I like I, I think the return of the format is fine because the, the format continues to uh, it just generates character development. Right. So, like, mm-hmm. I'd have been frustrated if because, like, when I saw everyone saying hit the reset button, I got really scared when Grogu got separated from Mando because I thought, oh, God, mm-hmm. Moff Gideon's going to kidnap baby Yoda and we're going to have a whole fucking season. <laughs> and I'm like. That to me would be hitting the reset button. Like we're literally going to replay yeah. the shit that we did with no like, you know, Grogu hasn't advanced. He's like, but like, I, I think that taking their relationship into, you know, season four with the same old essentially, oh, I need this. Uh, well, you need to do a mission to do that. And like, you know, now that Grogu and mm-hmm. him are kind of fighting as a unit now, that's going to be a lot. That's going to be really interesting. Uh, Grogu is going to be in a lot more overt danger, which is going to be interesting. Um yeah, I, I I thought it was weird that as so many people are saying it's hitting the reset button on the series because I don't think that's true. No, I mean it's dealt with it's dealt with Gideon. Uh, it's United the Mandos. They're back on Mandalore. Like there's tons of stuff that is developed here, and I think you know the shame of it. I assume is going to be when we come back in season four. Um, me not having watched Ahsoka. Probably, depending on the reputation it gets. I'm going to give it three episodes. I'm going to give. I'm going to let other people give it some episodes, like I did with Obi Wan. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah, and see or what Andor. I think. Andor. Or Andor, and then I went back and I watched all of Andor because it was good. Yeah, I said it was uh, good, and I like I said, I'm. I just hope they don't fuck up Thrawn because to me, Thrawn sure. was the best of the Star Wars. You know, the the apocrypha. Mm-hmm. Uh, an heir to the empire is the thing that kind of like made star Wars relevant to me as like, you know, cause I was like 13 going on 14 and I was about to get my head turned by other things. And <laughs> right when I could have become a full rounded individual, star Wars came back to reclaim me as a nerd and uh-huh. captured my, my youth and my young adulthood. So like, that's, that's really important to me that they don't fuck up Thrawn, that he's not yeah, just a villain of the, the season. Right. I hope they don't mess up his story. I think it's going to be choppy, though, because what I expect to happen is much like they did with Grogu and Mando uh, in Book of Boba Fett. I expect a lot of this stuff to happen in Ahsoka. And, and that might be appropriate. to come back in season four and be just kind of in the middle of things and not and, and have to go back and watch those episodes. Well, that that might be appropriate because I understand that there is history between Ahsoka and Thrawn, which they will uh-huh. make clear in the fucking series. I don't need to watch seventeen hours of cartoons. Like they'll 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 either do that or it'll be a shitty show. Okay. Well, they. I mean that that's the thing. I don't trust that they will do any of that stuff because of what they did with Book of Boba Fett. I don't think Book of Boba Fett suffered from throwing you into a situation you didn't understand. It was just a bad story. No, and I. 
what I'm saying is Book of Boba Fett did some off off screen stuff with Mando that you absolutely need. Okay, to know so like that that's where I was getting with that. Three. There's nothing intrinsic to Mandalorian story that says that he needs to be deeply involved in Grand Admiral Thrawn. Grand Admiral Thrawn can be like mm-hmm. the big bad villain of, you know, like, oh, these are Thrawn's forces and all of that. But like if Ahsoka has personal business, yes, they do have to explain that to us that haven't watched the cartoons to be a, a good piece of entertainment. And I think they will. But they do need to, I, I, you know, like I said, to the extent that's a that's a valid complaint for the people who are not watching all of Star Wars, I do think they need to get better. They need to find like 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 Marvel did so well. What are the things that are important to the individual characters and their shows and their movies? And what are things that we can mm-hmm. share? They need explicit. They also need explicit team up series where they can kind of bring everything together like the Avengers and I know mm-hmm. that Fellini has got plans for a movie that's going to do that. Just going to like, you know, unify all of the Disney plus Star Wars universe stuff. And that that's the plan going forward. And and I, I definitely felt that, like, like I said, I admire the fact that they're trying to take this canon that was handed to them by other people and wrangle it to something that they can use. But um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. But, but sure. I, like I said, I'm going to give Ahsoka a couple. Uh, I like Rosario Dawson. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, I don't have any. Like I said, I, I don't hate the cartoons and their characters. It's just I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't. The, the, the simple fact is, I just don't have the time, uh, to go and and uh, I always find when people say you just watch these four episodes and they never. I did that once in season one and I walked away kind of disappointed. So for a millionth time, I don't give a shit about the cartoons. But yeah, <laughs> okay, I, I just, I just hope they connect. They don't leave a dot, a lot of dots that need to be connected with stuff that isn't going to be in the series mainline yeah well i do think also that like this is the turn of the tide like we are about to see like i think over the next year over 2023 early 2024 we're going to see if the double f's got the stuff to start you know like there can be a misstep here and there but you can't you can't you, you can't do anymore like you can't do a sequel trilogy you can't like squander that much potential you can't do an obi-wan series you can't mm. do a book of boba like you 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 gotta you gotta have everything confident and competent this going forward. I hear so Ahsoka is going to be a real test written. for me. Uh, I hear the season four of Mando is already written, uh, which both fills me with hope and also trepidation because that to me implies that they are intertwining these pretty closely. Well, yeah, I mean they, which they could be good and could be bad. Like, we know they are making a movie that's going to closely tie them together. So, like, mm-hmm. and I don't mind that. It's, again, they 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 cannot reunite father and son in some other show. Sure. You know, that's the thing. Um, so, th- th- if yeah, they can we'll avoid see. doing stuff like basic stuff like that, I think. Because um, if man, I don't think anyone would be pissed if Mando just showed up as, like, a two-episode run where they dealt with, like, you know him uh trying to be a mandalorian again and they saved the reunion for like season one of mandalorian right or season three of mandalorian the premiere it's like not that the mando was in boba it's just that the connection of him and his son was in boba right right but yeah i I want that stuff that's important to the characters to be in their show uh anyway we kind of didn't recap these scenes but we've talked past them a little uh grief gives mando some land in a cabin on the outskirts of navarro and in return mando gives a gift of the newly repaired ig11 to grief 
And then Mando just chills with Grogu on his new property. I just, I can I continue to love what they're doing to droids in this show because, like, IG 11 stomp around. I am your new marshal. I am at your disposal. I serve only at your pleasure. I have consciousness, but no free will. My existence is horror. Like, <laughs> uh, dude, it's so, so weird. It's so weird. <laughs> Like even with with Captain yeah. Teeb at the bar is like oh he thinks that's uh, his friend uh, turns you know we've been he's been piloting his hollowed out corpse for the last episode or two so you know you can see how the mistake is is easy to make it's just wild mm-hmm. it's wild <laughs> do you think they'll ever deal with that no I I don't well I don't know that there was that episode uh, on Coruscant where we see the bar full of droids, which encourages me a little bit that they're thinking about those things, but not to the degree where they would they're go back be, and address this again. They're going to be the house elves of Harry Potter. You just, just don't think about it too much. I have no idea. Not for long. Not for <laughs> long. Counting down the weeks until Jim sees a Harry Potter film. Thanks to some mad commissioner. It's going to yeah. be glorious. I don't know. I've been thinking about maybe not doing commissions again. <laughs> Rage quitting commissions. <laughs> that would actually be so on brand for the yeah. Jim, the Jim Jones brand. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, that's it, man. Uh, another season of Mando in the books. I love how it ended the actual uh, like Mando on his little little bungalow resting on the front porch, watching his front, his mm-hmm. son play mm-hmm. in the front yard. That's a life, man. That's nice. Did you think it was character development that Grogu is playing with the frog and not eating Instead him? Instead of eating it. Yeah, a little bit. Starting to get balance of the force. Yeah, I still have a real problem with Grogu torturing small animals at every chance he gets. I'm yeah, still not they, like they that's need not to cutting cut that right that out. They need to cut that out, maybe. But they're playing it as like super cute, and I just think, like, what is the experience of this frog right now? Sure. It fucking sucks. It's having its legs pulled apart, floating in midair. It's terrible. But what is the experience of a frog, really? Yeah. Uh, do you? Well, we got feedback. All right. Oh, before we do the feedback, Mando at baldmove.com is where you want to send feedback, by the way. Um, I had a question. Are we going to do a wrap-up for this show? I think so, yeah. We have it in the schedule. Okay. Um, we'll see how much feed because I, I have a, like a germ of an idea of something because I'd like to like the things I'm we're looking forward to in season four. And that's what I'd like to talk about in the recap. Like, what are things you think that Mando has to do to go confidently forward in season four? Like, one of my big ones is going to be he needs a new ship. Okay. I think the Mandalorian needs a new ship. Um, but like hmm. things like that. Like, what do you think? Like, what are you hoping for? Do you? Wouldn't? Do you, are you hoping in season four, Yoda, uh, Baby Yoda, Grogu, Din Grogu gets his uh get gets his helmet. What are, what are we hoping for? What are our hopes? What are our fears for season four of The Mandalorian? Send that in right. to Mando at baldmove.com. Joe from Indy's up first. He says, I'm here uh, hearing you guys, mainly Jim, ranting for five minutes about what the service they did to the newly upgraded dark troopers compared to dark troopers throughout season two. It's because they weren't dark troopers at all. Apparently. Uh this is you, you already came correct on this, so you scooped you scooped Joe, but Joe is uh mm. a, a cadre of loyal Dark Trooper fans that were uh correcting us here. Um Yeah, my bad. Uh he also said we talked about the the troopers in white being a mix of Mandalorians, Jedi, and clone troopers made them less impressive, but again, that's not the troopers in the white armor either. 
Uh, that hybrid is Gideon's master plan to build an unstoppable army to take control of the Empire and conquer the galaxy, which he doesn't have the army yet. I think that's what I found confusing is he freely talked about things that were actually existing, like, behold, the newest version of the Dark Trooper. And the best part of it is it's an as I'm in it. But then he also talks about the best parts of the uh, incorporating the best parts of the, the Jedi and the Mandalorians and the clone troopers. So it's like, mm-hmm. I guess I thought yet. that referred to. But again, I yeah, it's like he was like the general variant of. Like he's like the super version of a battle droid, right? Um, sure. And the, the 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 white stormtroopers were the, the 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 droid the droid soldiers, whatever. Um. So anyway, Jim Jim uh, stepped stepped on your dick there, uh, Joe from Indy. Sorry about that. Uh, that's what happens. Let's move on to Christine. Says, just want to add to your Thrawn convo that Lars. Uh, who is going to be starring as Thrawn in the Ahsoka series, was the original voice of Thrawn in the cartoons. If you check out Ahsoka trailer, we get a shot of the back of his head. I heard at the Star Wars celebration last week that people got a full frontal shot too. Whoa! Hey now. Full fr- Haven't seen that much blue dong since the Watchmen. <laughs> full frontal shot of Grand Admiral Thrawn. I tell you what, Star Wars celebration working blue in more ways than one. That's a hell uh, of an introduction. <laughs> Right? Wow. This went full Dirk Diggler. Mm-hmm. Just pulled it out in front of the hollow mirror and said, look, look you're, a, you're a shining star. <laughs> uh, Ahsoka actually called him heir to the Empire in a trailer, and my inner 90s child screamed. Yeah, that's pretty, it's pretty great. Mm-hmm. They also confirmed that there will be a Filoni-directed uh, movie that's in-game of the Mandoverse story. I'm so freaking pumped that we're getting Legends characters on the big screen Dave and John are great at picking up elements from all mediums of Star Wars and bringing them to the fold. Sure, they can get a little silly here and there, but I'm for it. Take care. Um, yeah, like I said, I've got high hopes for the double Fs. Uh, I am freaking pumped to get Grand Admiral Thrawn on the big screen. I when well, they say the end game, I guess that doesn't mean it's the end of the Mandoverse. Although, how much longer does the Mandoverse have if it's going to be the Mando? Because, like, I just can't see. Does Pedro Pascal just mm-hmm. keep doing this forever? Because he just has to spend, like, a day at Lucas. Yeah, he's just doing the voice at, at Skywalker Ranch. He, he he does, like, two, three days of dub work, and he's 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 out. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, especially when they have these scripts so far in advance. I don't know why you wouldn't continue to do it. It's probably a pretty big paycheck for the amount of work he's doing. Uh... Uh, I saw Alan Sepinwall seemed like this was a lot of cope, but he was saying that he thought that now that um, Pedro is going to be in between the last of us filming that for season four, that though, because he thought it's like we'd get a shot of him taking his helmet off this season if it weren't for him being so busy with the last of us. I don't know. I thought it'd been weird for him to take his helmet off on the season where he redeemed himself at mm-hmm. the midpoint. Yeah. His whole thing is he's going to the waters of Mando and, yeah. He's gonna take his helmet off again. I mean, yeah, but um, I don't know. Now that we see Mandalorians that could take their helmets off, and they're they're kind of like splitting the cultural difference there. I could see, but I also see them after the movie wrapping things up and being like, "Well, this is a, a run." But Pedro Pascal is one of them shooting stars, and mm-hmm. can't capture him forever. Uh, uh, Leone from Clydebank. Scotland says, does anyone else think the armor is a spy? I thought it's suspicious that she was conveniently not the Mandalorians when they were ambushed. 
It also explained how the armorer was so cool with the removal of the helmets. Potentially, she could be trying to bring all the Mandalorians left to the galaxy together so the Moff can wipe them out in one go. I'm not a Star Wars expert, so I have yeah. no idea why. It didn't feel like that to me. It felt like Gideon was worried about the Mandos coming together. I have watched the Star Wars movies, but can really uh, only enjoy the first three. I literally started watching The Mandalorian because I love Bald Move and Pedro Pascal. Well, that's a good reason. Hmm. If you want to be a Star Wars expert, all you got to do is you got to go watch The Caravan of Courage. <laughs> that and the original uh-huh. trilogy, uh, you will be able to win any bar fight against a Star Wars, a, 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 a entrenched Star Wars fan. Uh, sure. <laughs> Make sure it's the theatrical, the original theatrical version, though, and not the special editions, because that gives you twice the power. So obviously, this uh, this theory, uh, new shit has come to light since since uh, they sent mm-hmm. it in. What do you think? Do you think the armor could? Because like I, I got a, a smattering of emails saying that the the, the armor is suspicious. That armor is going to be someone mm. well established from the lore, or she's going to have a hidden agenda. Um, I thought there was like, maybe some legs to this theory because it does seem something like that that she would do to like, but 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 I don't know, like betraying, betraying, betraying them to Moff Gideon. That's where I always like. Anytime says people suggested that Mandalorians were working willingly with Moff Gideon, it's like that seems really tough to swallow. He was the guy who glassed uh-huh. your planet in living memory. Yeah, and everything that was happening on screen made it seem like Gideon was dismayed that the Mandalorians were coming together. He, they were his biggest threat. Mm-hmm. He didn't like it at all. I don't think the armor was a spy. I don't think if there was an that, inside person, he would probably obliquely reference to like a person on the inside or an ace. He, he wouldn't be worried, right? He'd or... be like, "Yes, my master plan is coming together. It's right, time to rally right. my troops and and yeah, do what I expected to do." Yeah. He doesn't say anything like that. It's the exact opposite. Um, and the other thing is a lot of people were on the axe as a spy train, right? Like, oh my God, axe right. is working for Gideon. Sure. So like, you know, true blue son of Mandalore turns out everybody thought everybody was a spy because there was an episode titled the spy spy. Yeah. Right. And I, none of that came to pass. Apparently. I mean, there's lots of spies. We've seen lots of spies, but I think we've, yeah, it wasn't implying anything more. Right. So I I agree, but you know you watch uh, Caravan of Courage, you'll get that gut feeling built up to where you'll be able to finally distinguish those uh, fine pieces of Star Wars lore and canon, like we had, well, like we do here. And, and if they do. wanted you to know anything about that, th- the one thing that surprised me about this season finale, really, aside from like not doing any of the things people expected, is having no post credits stinger, like not setting up the next plot, just I'm letting shocked. them sit. Yeah, I, I I looked for it. I was like. Mm-hmm. okay there's got to be something and I fast forwarded 10 seconds at a time all the way through that thing mm-hmm. nothing to me that is that is strange um, and if they but were welcome? ever going to tell you oh there was a spy in the ranks and this was all part of a plan that's when they would have done it I think it's time for post credit scenes to start being a rare treat again like they should 100%. feel they should feel momentous like maybe one out of 10 one out of 30 trail it's like something where your buddies are like Back in the day, because back in the day that before, like, you know, most people would walk out of theater and then their buddies would be like, oh, my God, did you see blah, blah, blah. And oh, fuck, I was already at Steak and Shake. Oh, my God, this thing happened. We need uh-huh. to get back to that. I, I hate the two and three and the mid credits and the post fancy credits and the post post credits. 
and it's shit and we need to stop doing it. I think we should make them all bloopers again. I like bloopers. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you if you want to do something funny, like having the Avengers eating shawarma, fine. But like, no, uh-huh. no villains are allowed to be established. No new heroes Nothing are allowed to be introduced. No crossover characters teased. That's mm-hmm. it's this fuck is cr- this shit is cringe. Stop doing it. I've been on that train since like 2012. Yeah, it's true. He's steadfastly refused. To I stay never watch sin. him. I always walk out. Always. He does. He does. I will watch the ones that come up immediately as the credits start. Like if uh-huh. you give me under 30 seconds of credits and then you hit me with something, I'll watch that. But I'm not sitting through your entire fucking credit sequence. Uh, Iman says, just wanted to provide a bit of advice for Domnall Hall's name. Classic Irish names just don't sound anything like they're spelled. You say it as Donal, like Tonal. Donal. Donal Gleason. Donal Gleason. Well, I gotta say, <laughs> Iman, uh, I had to look up your name because I'm like, this is be really fucking, speaking of cringe, it'd be <laughs> ultra cringe to mispronounce a Scottish man's name when he's correcting you on the pronunciation of a Scottish man's name. Mm-hmm, so fortunately, mm-hmm. I punched it in and knew it was Iman and not Eamon because I would have definitely gone with Eamon if I had to look that up. So mm. it's not, it doesn't take too much to confuse my tongue, but God damn, Irish and Scottish, they are, uh, they, they are, they, they uh, really do twist the tongue. Sure. Uh, that's it. That's it for the Mando for this week. That's it for the Mando for this season. We will be back next week to do, um, well, it's as, as brief as you want it to be. Send in all your hopes and fears and your dreams, uh, your nitpicks, uh, your your uh, thoughts and opinions on this season of Mandalorian and what you're looking forward to uh, or looking forward to avoid in season four. Sell us on Ahsoka. I'm, I'm sold. If you want to try to sell Jim on Ahsoka, uh, please do that as well. Mando at baldmove.com is where you want to send all those thoughts. Uh, if this is your end uh, with uh, Bald Move, I would say it's just the beginning. Continue your journey at twitter.com slash baldmove to keep up with everything that we're doing in the meantime. Uh, we still have, we just fit, wrapped up the card. We're still going strong with Yellow Jackets. Uh, we are looking forward to a lot of shows coming back this year. Severance, Foundation. Um, I'm really curious to check out that Mrs. Davis that just came out. Uh, I'm yeah, hearing some good early buzz today. on that. We do tons of stuff. We got Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 3, Fast X in the weeks ahead. Tons of stuff. You want to follow it at uh, twitter.com slash baldmove. Also, if you like our pulpy stuff, if you like our sci-fi, fantasy, zombie type stuff, uh, go ahead and check out Bald Move Pulp on your favorite podcast app. Uh, and That way you can ensure that you don't miss any of our conversations around these things. Finally, if you were, if, if you've, this has been a repeat journey and you keep coming back and you keep coming back, uh, you might want to join our club. You'll get tons of bonus content. And you can skip all the ads because we have ad-free feeds exclusively for club members. Support.baldmove.com. That's we'll where see- we do our full frontal reveals. It's true. Yeah. It's true. You, we only show the backside on the public. <laughs> I always show That's my actually backside. a reason to not subscribe. But, I don't I this mm-hmm. you're you're really under undercutting our, our appeal here. Uh support.baldmove.com for the hideousness of our full frontal uh that's it we'll be back next week for our wrap-up podcast for mando until then i'm your host aaron and i'm jim this is the way i guess helmets no helmets it's it's optional 